my god, I could go there really quickly! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Father Finney's The Best A Human Can Get. And today is a lady helping you do just that. Born 10 years early in America, now living in the Netherlands. Spent 15 years spiritually growing and developing. She is a link separator in the chain of female dysfunction and wounding in a generational line. A recovered Christian, recovered self-medicator and survivor of domestic violence. Being a model, she's worked in theatre and the sex industry. Also, first class winner of a bodybuilding competition. A yoga teacher, lifestyle coach, tantrika, which we'll go into in a bit, and now a tantra therapist. She is the founder of Dark Blossom Tantric Services and Products for Ageless Living. It is the Stigma Stomping Blossom Bamboo. Hello! Hello! Wow! <laughs> what a biography you have! Thank you! Yes, Period. welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm, I... I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Well, I'm very glad to have you. So, first things first, you and I, we're going out for dinner. Where are we going to dine? And what's on the menu? Oh, wow. I love this way of starting. <laughs> hmm. Well, it would definitely be a five-star or a Michelin-class restaurant. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I really love, if I'm going out for dinner, then love to do fine dining. Mm-hmm because there's nothing better than um, the culinary arts when it comes to eating. <laughs> you haven't seen me eat then, have you? <laughs> I haven't seen you eat, no. It's horrific. And, and I, what would be on the menu would be a whole range of, uh, a whole range of choices and variety. And I would choose a scrumptious and well-prepared vegetarian dish maybe with a fish and definitely beginning with oysters okay what's for pudding pudding mm. oh do you have that <laughs> i don't i personally don't do pudding oh, okay. but what's for dessert would be uh, a succulent uh lemon Lemon and lemon and chocolate, maybe. Oh, okay. One of those um, Italian. Uh, what do they call Lem lemus lemon? Oh, can't remember the name. They're that weird liqueur. I say weird. I don't wish to offend the Italians, but that sort of pungent. A limoncello. That's the fella. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Strange stuff. And would you have coffee, wine, mineral water? All three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. I don't know what I'd be having. And. Uh, yeah okay i don't eat very very many vegetarian breakfasts or meals or lunches um but i i probably would give it a go yes for our for our dinner date okay so i tell you what there's so many questions and so many things i don't know how i'm going to get through all this uh but the first thing i really want to clarify here is the name blossom bamboo who chose it and why <sighs> bamboo came from a very dear friend at one phase in my life and there's a whole story around it uh there is a flower market here in amsterdam and she wanted me to go to the flower market and pick up some bamboo for her and this this task kind of kept getting um, bumped back and I hadn't gone and then she kept asking have you gone have you gotten the bamboo and it kept going back and forth and there was this this word bamboo kept coming up again and again <laughs> and so eventually she just started referring to me as bamboo oh. uh, a little bit late so I took that on as my Facebook name and this is years ago so bamboo uh, has been uh, rooted in in my identity so much so that during my uh, own spiritual and personal development, I've looked into what is the significance and symbolism of bamboo very often. And these are the qualities that I embody, wish to embody, and should for the rest of my life 
continued to desire to embody the qualities of the bamboo. Uh, it's a very, very um, revered uh, symbol and plant in, in the East for very good reasons, of course. Okay, well, okay. And then Blossom? The name Blossom, that came about two and a half years ago after I was uh, partaking in a tantric temple event in which I was also assisting in the uh, the creating of sacred space, so in the in the the decoration of this space, and at the end, as a team, we were uh, drawing oracle cards, goddess cards, and the goddess that I chose uh, was was her English name because I don't remember the the goddess name, but it was translated in English as Blossom, and I just felt this drop very deep into my being and the rest of the people in the in the team and the tribe they were all like yes so mm -hmm. it just kind of got rooted straight away i only came out using blossom bamboo at the beginning of 2020 so for me 2020 has been a birth year wow and uh it's also given me a lot of 2020 vision yeah. uh yeah, like looking back, everything is 2020. And it is is really clarifying. And I feel so much resonance and um, connection with the name Blossom Bamboo. I would also like to acknowledge the fact that during my uh, childhood, in any case, I could not say my name with any sort of confidence or worthiness whatsoever. I really hated my name. And then I changed that name to expand into something that I could live with and I, I definitely liked. Uh, so would you like to hear the story or does it matter to you and your listeners? Well, I'd like to know why you hated your name. Um, I believe that I hated my name because of the way in which it was used. Uh, the way in which I was called, mm. the way in which I was, um, you know, James or mm. <laughs> James, darling, James, James, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad to be on your show. You are, uh, you know, thank you, James or James, James, you come <laughs> here now, James. We've got, you know, yes. um, so is it a story? Is it a memory? You know, I have, I ask myself very often, you know, in how, how long do we want to hold on to stories and memories that no longer serve us? Uh, however, like the whole charge of that name is gone now that I go by Blossom Bamboo. Brilliant. So basically you, you've had an identity that you were given or enforced upon yourself, which you have sort of uh, deleted as it were and uh, thus all memory or charge with it has sort of been moved i wouldn't say been deleted but moved to the side perhaps yeah uh, that that word deleted i i'm contemplating on that is it deleted um it's not deleted it's more like blossom bamboo has become the mother of that child that hated her name wow and from this energy and from this identity, and I believe that we can continue to change our identities and morph with every phase of development that we have in our lives. So uh, as good as a man can get, or as good as a person can get, I like to look at as good as a person can be. Mm -hmm. And that beingness, I mean, it's twofold actually. You've got your beingness that's like sort of deep, You've also got your beingness that's very high, and this is uh, we'll get, we'll probably get into that. Uh, the 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 unifying of these makes you a whole person. However, uh, back to the name, I from out of the energy uh, that I carry now from Blossom Bamboo, I can really uh, embrace this little girl that hated her name. Not so much that she hated her name, but she didn't like she she had no confidence with which to state her name. Mm. out of fear that her name would be misused and it would never sound good in her ears. Like it just never sounded good in her ears. 
Okay. I like the fact that you're using her as well. You've already got that separation, sort of like she's a third person. It, yeah, that's also very interesting in integrating and becoming a whole person. Um, you need to consciously see the fragmented bits. Mm -hmm. And then when you can actually consciously look at the fragmented bits from a sort of fragmentation, you actually become whole. Brilliant. Now, does this... I would expect for middle-aged males, uh, say in my country, if they were to do that and change their name uh, on that proviso, it would pull in a lot of negative attention. Is it easier for a woman to change her name or identity than it is for a male, do you think? I don't believe so. However, what I do see and that has to do, oh, this is this, we could also go very, very deep with this. Um, because in the community that I have become, and believe me, you know, it's taken me my entire life to get to the point where I really want to um, be associated in, in these types of communities. Uh, I do not at all see myself as new age or spiry weary i've always had quite <laughs> yeah I, i've always had quite uh like no don't call me spiritual because i'm no different than you you know in my way of looking at a holistic life we are mind body and spirit and i don't even if you're disconnected from that that doesn't mean that it's not there so i would actually have to say that all beings are spiritual but mm. back to your question i believe that in a Certainly, you're talking about a culture and a society. Um, I hear what you're saying, and I know a bit about where you're coming from. So I think that it would be uh, more difficult for a man to come out with, okay, I've changed my name. However, I don't think it's actually more difficult than a woman because she has the same sort of internal dialogue and narrative about all of this oh i've been to india i've got it they call it a sannyasa name you get this like indian name from a guru uh which i don't um i don't buy into all of that i i feel like it because that's still coming from outside of you hmm. i believe that a name change even if it, even if you want to take some sort of sanskrit indian name or hindu name that's fine um but i believe that you can better be your own guru and let that name as it were, a blossom from inside. Yeah. Uh, and having said that, I think that when that is the case, it makes it for any person, male or female, easier to step into the power of that name. Got you. And interesting, I noticed with male culture, we have nicknames. We often, like in the work environment, we'll give ourselves nicknames, and thus we sort of adopt a slight different alias, as it were. Do you think yeah. that helps? Does that help men? Because I don't see women calling each other by their nicknames very often or making nicknames very often. Uh, you don't see that. Okay. Does it happen? It doesn't mean that it doesn't ha happen because maybe within their own, um, within, within their own, I don't know, they have sister circles or within their own uh, nucleuses or groups, they may, I mean, like the, the, the bamboo, it came as a nickname and it was for many years, just that, just a nickname. Um, yes, I think that definitely helps that you have a sort of alias and AKA, a, as we've talked about, uh, this alter ego and very often a nickname or an alter ego or, or second name can, can very much um, support a person when they're going through rougher times because that particular avatar or alter ego or alias or however you want to call it hmm. maybe has qualities that they themselves don't believe that they have yeah it's uh, great because you have um, in a work environment or like here in the uk there's a bit of a, a scorn attached to like the male bonding and the way you, know, you shouldn't call each other names you shouldn't be like that but in some ways that's something within society that's actually restricting people's um abilities to be something or someone else which is interesting but yet on the internet you can have as many names as you want and that's okay but in your actual physical mm. self it's frowned upon to have different labels or identities but that's just my point of view or what i've seen going on here in the uk i don't know whether it goes on in uh, in the netherlands i don't know 
Yeah, I believe it would, because I know somebody right now um, that is in a group with me, and uh, the broadcasting name that he's chosen is different because his Dutch name is not international. It's uh, more difficult for people to pronounce. And I see this with a lot of people from coming from other countries. They will then take on a more English ish english ish name um for the pronunciation i have a beautiful uh sister from kenya uh her name is mbadja she goes by brenda um when i call her by the name brenda i don't see the embodiment of brenda however in her working environment which is very international i can imagine that that is something that she would feel much more comfortable with so i yeah, what what you said about that things are frowned upon. Um, yeah, that is, I think, very much one of the um, things that hold people back from becoming the best that they can be. Or, you know, the, that, mm. um, and there is so much power in the collective. So who wants to be frowned upon? But is that person that says, you know what, I don't care if I'm frowned upon. I want to make sure that I can be the best that I can be. Yeah. And if that means taking on a different name and there's always this, there's always this period. It's like the way I describe it, we're a caterpillar and a caterpillar just goes through life, not really knowing that it's slow or ugly or eating everything. And then at a certain point, it goes into a cocoon. Now, if, if someone were to cut that cocoon open before the butterfly is ready to emerge, then that butterfly will never be able to fly mm -hmm. or to enjoy their new life as a butterfly. So in this cocooning process, which could be that moment that everyone around you is frowning upon you, you really have to be in your own bubble and get all of the nutrients, everything that you need until, you know, the, the cocoon is, is because a cocoon is like a shell, you know, mm -hmm. and when it starts to get thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner, then the butterfly is ready to emerge. And then the butterfly doesn't really give a rat's ass about what it was called when it was a caterpillar. You know what I mean? The butterfly doesn't care that it was used to be called a caterpillar. Fantastic. Is that something, because I noticed in your, in your history and, and your the podcast that you do, uh, sort of, I don't know whether dealing with is the right word, working with uh, women as they go through the menopause, is the menopause that sort of catalyst stage not catalyst what is it that, that the cocoon stage i i think so i think so and i i only actually now think so because of the stage that i'm at in it and um the more i'm doing this the more i'm realizing like wow you know i've i've been in it probably for four years already and was in denial and uh I didn't really want to embrace it. However, it was also the first moment in my life that I felt like I was ready to dive a little bit deeper into my uh, spiritual and personal development by going into more um, tantric communities, which led to this, which has led to me where I am today. And I think that all has to do with what is intrinsically happening within, uh, not just within my body, but also within this phase of life where I am, where you are, you said it as well yourself, midlife. I think that midlife in and of itself, which could take about a decade, is that 40 to 50? Is it 45 to 55? Somewhere in these 10 years, I think that it could be very beneficial for everyone to kind of go into a cocoon. Got you. And do men have that sort of uh, a menopause cycle, do you see, either spiritually or physically? Absolutely. I think both. Uh, and I'm learning this one because of what I'm doing. There is actually something called andropause, which is that manopause. Okay. Speaking to men around our ages, I hear them coming with the same sort of idea that it's everything I've done up until now. It's not serving me any longer. There must be more. There must be something else. And then this phase this period, this cocooning niche, however you want to look at it, 
gives a moment for introspection. Your kids might be a little bit older. You might have made enough money so that you can, um, you know, your, your basic needs are met so that you actually, you know, the career, you've done a career and you've come to the uh, point that, well, is it serving me any longer? So there's many things that start to come to a, a pinnacle or a culmination, as, as if you would, uh, around this, this, this time in people's lives. Oh, yeah. And uh, what advice would you give for men that are sort of hitting this sort of quandary or this cocoon state? How should they, um, I don't <sighs> know, how should they best handle the world around them um, whilst cocooning, as it were? Mm, whilst cocooning. First of all, everything starts with awareness. So I would say that becoming aware of, you know, who you are, where and how you stand in the world at this moment in your life, look at all aspects of yourself, including your sexuality, including your relationships, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your children, your relationship with your your, your other loved ones, maybe you have a partner or not. Um, and it starts with this, this awareness. But like you said, if we're in, already in the sort of cocooning or you've come to a certain age and you're like, wow, wait a second, is this it? And this is the question I've been asking myself. Um, there's three things like, if not now, when? You know, mm -hmm. because there's so many opportunities and so many ideas. I like, I'm an idea machine. And so many times I've just, you know, done nothing with them. So if not now, when? What else is possible? And is this it? This can't be it. I mean, you know, when I was 30, I thought 50 was really old. You know, I would probably maybe be dead by this time. And now I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait a second. I have an energy in me that wants to continue to go for another 50 years. What do I need to do to make sure that those years are high quality, that they're healthy, that they're um, full of ease instead of dis-ease? Because I, if I'm going to be riddled with a lot of disease, which I've already had plenty of in my life, then you know, that's that, that's not the, the the second half that I'm looking forward to. Um, okay. Yeah, back to the the advice I would give is is it's it all starts with with uh, self awareness and introspection, and from there out you might come into contact with things you don't like. Um, one of the things that I love to do is shadow work, and that is maybe we'll get to that. Um, Let's get to it now. What is Because I was going to ask, what is, because I've seen you reference about men, about connection with the shadow and owning it. What is that? Uh, so there are many places within ourselves, within our psyche, that certainly because of the way life goes, um, you know, we're conditioned to think that life has a certain um a certain plan, a certain guideline, a certain way, you know, maybe our parents or society or school or whatever said, you know, you go and you do this and then you go to college and then you get a job and then you get a, find a, a partner and then you uh, have children. And, but, you know, and if you just go with that and you're not really thinking too much about who you are and what you really want, then there will come a day that you do think about these things. And, uh, that is when starting to go inside, you can start to feel things that you maybe have never felt, never allowed yourself to feel, or you might start to come into contact with why you felt the things that you felt or why you've behaved the way you've behaved. And those things can be ugly. They can be messy. They can be shitty. I always call the darkness shit. Mm -hmm. um, and as we all know, um, shit is, is, is very necessary to grow. Like manure is a great thing to put onto the soil. Um, and it's a good it thing to get out of the body, isn't it? Cause it's just, just dead blood, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And at the same time you can use it, you can use it 
to nourish. Um, so what I always say is like, there is this deep darkness in the earth. And a lot of people are like, oh, darkness, ooh, I don't want to go there. Darkness means this and that. And, they, you know, people have so many associations with dark. But we do live, or and, we, we as soon as we come into these physical bodies and we, and we manifest here on earth, this is a certain dimension. And this is a, a, a dualistic and a polarized dimension. So you got to have the dark. Yeah. It's what's really funny is I'm looking at my screen. My screen is very light and yours is quite dark. It's like... Yeah, I've got the sun in my face. So if I open the curtain right now, I'll be like a vampire. It will just kill me. It is so bright. So uh, I'm That's sitting funny. behind a dark curtain. <laughs> but just my screen is a lot dark. Yeah. So it's funny. But you, we really can't have um, one without the other. And what I think is so beautiful, and uh, that is my highest value, beauty. Mm. And uh, I think that life is it, it, intrinsic in the word life is love and love is for me beauty and i th i can see beauty in everything including need, the shit as you say it's a dual sort of universe would you need ugliness to appreciate the beauty of course absolutely okay and you can take it full circle that when you can uh have these these contrast where you can see, okay, that's really ugly, that's really beautiful, and we learn this as well. I wonder if a baby who is, let's just say, two or three weeks old, do they look around and discern what is ugly and beautiful? I think that all this information that's coming into them, they are just this whole bubble of love anyway, right? They're completely helpless, they're completely in a surrendered state, because if somebody doesn't take care of them, they will die. So they're completely surrendered to life itself. Mm. And then we learn through, uh, you know, imagine, I just recently saw a story of, of this woman born with no arms. Now I can imagine if I was born with my, no arms, my mother would have saw me as completely imperfect and lacking in something. But this woman's mother never saw a woman with no arms. She saw her amazing, beautiful baby that was lacking in nothing. And so now this woman uh, is a pilot and she's a motivational speaker and she travels the whole world inspiring all kinds of people. So this is conditioned ugly and beauty. And then when we come full circle, we can see the beauty in everything. Mm. True. You know? I can see the beauty in in this in this virus that has a name, because if you look at the virus under a microscope, it's probably one of the most beautiful things that you can imagine. Okay. You know, uh, there can be beauty in chaos, but that might be another story. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to say about like the virus sort of thing because uh, the only way it can be seen is through uh, electron microscopes, which are black and white images. However, the media in the world have painted it as these beautiful green and blue colors when. I don't think anyone actually knows what color it really is. They've just made it up. So it's quite creative in some degree. Okay. It was interesting what you said about uh, dark and light because I was speaking with a friend recently about the subject of um, sleep and how mm. I become more awake at night and I'm more productive at night. Uh, mm. Despite what professionals are telling me that you need your sleep and the cycles say that you should be asleep by 10 and you know that four hour period. So it's interesting you say about the, the light and the dark thing whereas my friend was sort of pointing out that well you need a bit of the dark as well so it's a bit of a strange conundrum for me at the moment because i'm advised i should go to sleep earlier but spiritually i'm sort of i don't want to but my body does who takes mm. precedence it's um, a sticky debate for me at the moment what would you advise mm. anyone who was like in a quandary over when best to live their life or what part well of i'm day? glad you asked because i was just really um itching to 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 uh, take on this topic, okay. also from my own experience. And it's just like with dieting. Now, I believe that sleep is just like dieting. You've got all these experts that say how it is across a general board, but are any of us a general board or are we individuals with our own unique individual needs depending upon where we are in life? Hmm. You know, okay. I have a cat in house right now and uh, he has 
very obvious cycles throughout the day. And every morning between four and six, he he likes to wake me up. And I can't stand. And I, I like it's, it's such a challenge because I've been learning and I've been training myself that upon waking every morning that I'm very appreciative for everything. And I hear myself oh. sort of like, oh, no, not don't, you know, because I'm in the middle of some deep darkness at that point. Um, but going back to what you're saying, I have been taught because of my own a diagnosis and labels and everything that what is best for me is to da, 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 da. so I do now know what's best for me but that's changed throughout the years it also changes depending on uh, the circumstances outside it depends on what's going on inside you know uh, are you experiencing any detriment from your sleep cycle at the moment that i believe is the question to ask yourself mm. only socially uh normally there's demands for me to do things early in the morning like well not at the moment school but it'd be school run and things like that whereas i'd be happy to work till three or four in the morning and then go to bed and then how long would you sleep i think if i had no alarm clock maybe seven hours there you go i think that this is the most important thing is to and we were talking earlier about introspection really knowing yourself really knowing your internal needs your body our biology like our own unique individual biology will tell us what we need and <laughs> I, I guess it's just because it's such a topic of, of discussion at the moment but this is what this virus um, thing is giving us as far as lessons because if you don't really uh, buy into all of the outside messages about it and you go inside and you think, like I have actually gone inside and said, am I susceptible? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. So for me, it doesn't exist, but I am not saying that it doesn't exist. You hear that that's a different debate altogether. So it's not and part of your universe, it's a part of everyone else's universe. Exactly. And if I were to go inside and I could feel that I have weaknesses in my lungs or weaknesses somewhere else and and ask the same question i mean basically it's just asking yourself the question am i susceptible to something that has been proven is a uh germ or a virus or uh you know uh energy it's it's an energy that can be detrimental to some people if they are susceptible to it and that's a different message so, you know, I think also the way, <laughs> why am I going on about this? But anyway, it's, it's all about the messages and how, uh, so when people have this conversation, I think it's also important to really look at what message you're talking about. Is this an internal message or is this a message that you're trying to say, this message is for everyone? Okay. Is this a part of uh, Tantra and what you're working at the moment then? Uh, yeah, as I in, believe. As in picking up messages and understanding them? Yeah, I believe I believe uh, I believe so. Okay. It's it's really funny because people ask what is tantra, and every single person that I've ever heard give a definition has given a different definition because it is for me, it's an ancient wisdom tradition. It is uh, a path that gives many tools and philosophies and ways of thinking that are expansion that are expanding so they're basically expanding uh past and beyond the conditioning what i've talked about already and the ideas that we get uh imprinted in us and so for me basically tantra is going in and feeling the connection to the earth and to the universe expanding into this space where everything is possible and then you really get to choose what things make you feel the best and what's beautiful about tantra uh, as a as in comparison to other spiritual traditions or religions that say that in order to be connected with uh the most divine that there is you need to abstain from certain things tantra does not say that so for me tantra is the purest the purest way to connect to what is I call pure positive energy. 
because everything, you know, you can really use anything to um, transcend. And when I say transcend, I do not necessarily mean that in a spiritual way. I mean transcend the messages, transcend the propaganda, transcend your own ideas, transcend your uh, community or your society's ideas about what they frown upon, for instance, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you can get to that place of I can transcend beyond all of these created and man-made ideas then you really can start choosing and and creating and making a life for yourself that is coming from who you really are the best that you can be (laughs) so the, the dark blossom tantric services how come you chose dark blossom hmm well, I didn't. It chose me. <laughs> I see. Okay. And that is because I have a history of darkness. And in this journey of entrepreneurship, I suppose you could say it, um, I've been searching for about four years around for names and words that really um, resonate that I have connection with. And at first, you know, four years ago, I thought it was the word conscious, but you know, everyone's throwing throwing around the word conscious. Um, I've had people advise me, don't use the word dark because it conjures up ideas, but it's exactly these ideas that I would like to work with. Because if it's conjuring up an idea in you that you want to avoid, maybe that's exactly the thing that you shouldn't avoid. And if you look at it, we could transform that. And then comes true transformation. I see. So basically, by well, not basically, but I see from the way I think that would be uh, you're sort of positioning someone to confront an issue as opposed to hide from it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. What got you on that mission, uh, <laughs> if I may ask? Uh, um... <laughs> you don't even need to finish the question. <laughs> but, but, but go ahead, finish, finish the question. No, no, yeah. What, what was that uh, that came to mind there? Um, is that... <laughs> okay, I'm going to um, tell you a little bit more about me. So I've had 14 different um, romantic uh love relationships as you would intimate relationships uh with 12 different men across the the span of my uh adult lifetime and one of the things that shows back to me is that i think that i was always so confronting and that was maybe one of the reasons why that these relationships uh ended up being volatile um one one of the reasons and i always used to think that that was a really bad thing however now i start to think well maybe that is actually my gift um and i got i got confronted from a very early age already from in utero i got confronted with um darkness with with uh, unwantedness with uh stories of um you know not yeah, not being wanted, not being uh, worthy or worthwhile. And these are some really shitty confrontations to um, get as a young child. So then, of course, a young child can't deal with these confrontations. Uh, and then, you know, unconsciously or subconsciously starts to uh, create all kinds of patterns for survival. And that's a good thing when we're children. Because then we can we can come out of these situations that would, you know, otherwise break us and and kill us. And at a certain point, uh, in my own, you know, searching and therapy and personal and spiritual development, I've come to embrace that confrontation. Like really confront your demons, confront your uh, patterns that no longer serve you. Uh, confront things that are making you feel like shit, 
Maybe it's not the things that are making you feel like shit. Maybe it's the way you think about those things that are making you feel like shit. And that's an internal job. And that's the only thing that we have control about. Wow. Okay. So you had that uh, as a starting on your journey. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see here some of the things you've, since that point of darkness there, did that darkness direct you into some of your, shall we say, career choices and interests? Or, or was that your own actual choice? Uh, you say career, and that's um, for me well, like, a very... Yeah, like... Um, what do you mean a, by that? Being a model, uh, working in theatre and the sex industry, and also in bodybuilding, it's a sort of... Uh, is it a pursuit of acknowledgement? Absolutely. An, an admiration? Um, is it... Um, like in bodybuilding, I, I haven't done that myself at an early age. Is it, in regards to subjects of bodybuilding, is that a um, you're you're building a new creation, you're building a fortification, you're you're building something around you? Um, is mm. that the real nature you did it, or did you do it for some other reason? I believe that I did it for um, acknowledgement and recognition, which. Although it was a motivating factor, it was not inspired. And there's a big difference between motivation and inspiration. Mm. Motivation comes from the outside and inspiration comes from the inside. Uh, I just, so I also talk about this in my uh, podcast that what I've come to confront right now at this phase of my life is uh, the use of my body as an object is no longer going to serve me in the capacity that it did and i need much more than just that plus i am much more than that and i have much more to give and that was always something that left me empty anyway like i would get acknowledgement or validation through my body um through sex or or through uh, being praised for oh you've got a great body or you've got a great ass or or all of these things and I, Earlier on, I used to think that that was that was enough, and that would really. But it's it's not. It has nothing to do with who I am, and the absence of being seen for who I truly am at a young age carried on into adulthood, and is really where I'm feeling inspired about now. Uh, and and first of all, it begins inside. It begins with me acknowledging that I'm much more than just my body, and that. All of me is very valid and that I have something to say and that I have amazing ideas and that I can convey these ideas and I can articulate and I can write and you know a lot of things that I really didn't believe uh, earlier okay is it if um, is it easier for a lady in the late 40s 50s etc to state and do what you do now than it would be for a woman who is in her 20s? Uh, that's interesting that you, you take these two ages because what I see in the industry, in the, in the community that I'm connected with, the Tantra community, I see a lot of 30-year-old women, like in the 30s. And it seems like in this moment in time, the, the, the children that were born, I guess, what would that be, late 80s, they're now in their... 30s is that right mm -hmm. no <laughs> anyway you get what i'm saying yeah uh yeah the, the the people from early 90s late 80s they're now in their 30s and it seems that they are really coming into this place of uh embodying the divine feminine and working with their cycles and really all of what it means to be a woman embracing that your question is is it easier for someone um in the late 40s to 50s i don't think it's easier i think that it asks for more is this true um you see from what i'm seeing in in uh me personally as a socially yeah. trained thing or whatever i would take the advice from a lady in her 50s as opposed to the advice from a lady in their 20s maybe that's because males are, are groomed to see women in their late teens and 20s to be more of an object as opposed to ladies in the later years who are more leaders or uh, matriarchal as it were I, that's why i asked the question i didn't know whether you see a difference in your line of work on that 
No, I, actually, I'm really glad that you you point this out um, because in, indeed, a lot of the women that I see um, Mm. <laughs> no, that 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 is. you said about the ladies of the thirties, because I was talking to my mum yesterday about um, decadence of the late nineteen eighties, and that was like its materialism at its peak. So I don't know whether these ladies that you're seeing now are the fallout from decadent materialism or born into a world like that. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, guessing on theories and what I've seen and heard. Yeah. And and I, I really want to um, address the, the question you asked. I believe what I believe, what I feel very strongly about is that women that are coming into this, this pause, as it were, this menopause, I believe is we really need a lot more women to, if they haven't in their 30s, embrace this divine feminine this uh, power of the 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 priestess the goddess the matriarch the the crone even huh? and there's a very bad image of the crone that has been passed down from generation to generation with like fairy tales which What's is if you go sorry? to other the crone is like um you know snow white and 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 the old witch that looks in the mirror saying uh, who's the fit so but really if you go to indigenous tribes the crone is the 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 medicine woman she's the wise woman that everyone goes to and everyone wants to be in her presence mm. in western uh and in a fairy tale land western fairy tale land the myth of the crone the crone is is the the woman that's actually really past pause that's um, a fascinating thing because that's um because most of these stories are like Nazi propaganda. They were created like Little Red Riding Hood, all these things. So it's interesting how the person who was traditionally seen as the sage or the learned lady in yeah. these tales is flipped to be the bad, horrible, scary one. Don't go near her. Right. And, you know, it, it's it, I, I'm really like uh, I, I just feel this throughout my whole body. This is also what dark blossom encompasses so as a young child i learned to fear the person mm. that i'm now becoming <laughs> like <laughs> i learned to fear i learned to think that if you're no longer a red riding hood or a sleeping beauty wow. that you're you can only be a big bad wolf or, or, or a fucking bad witch looking in a mirror and letting it break so it's it's interesting um one of the missions with past the pause is to change the narrative of menopause and to break through these stigmas of what it means to um be a, a mature functioning lady in this western society where people really do turn to you uh, uh for for advice and for wisdom and as a, a you know a, a pinnacle matriarchal head and i believe that we're going to see many many more uh, female leaders coming into their power if I have anything to do with it but there's a lot there, there's so many you know I'm I'm one in, in, in a million that is uh, you know having the same mission and that's that's a good thing and I believe yeah no sorry go on well I would just like to say to kind of a circle around to your question I believe that it is um, women that are going through this and feeling that power maybe for the first time in their life or maybe uh, stronger or truer. Like there's a lot of women that have had careers. Like I've raised my children, other people have had careers and maybe those were careers that they were doing for all the quote wrong reasons. And I believe that women that are really going to gather more and more of their own power and come to stand into this um, place in their life, midlife and this age into really this agelessness this is a power that's going to lead men that are in the same phase of life hmm. i believe that this is an interdependence that we have with each other that is uh, when cultivated properly can can lead to amazing change cool uh, can i ask uh, one thing that slightly confuses me when i i see the the spiritual philosophies because they have to manifest it in a physical form in order to communicate with most of us homo sapiens gender 
is that actually a spiritual thing? I only see gender as being genetic. It's your body. Whereas spiritually, I don't see there is a gender. It, do you, when you get into these points, is it sort of a unified, it's like, okay, he's a male mystic, a female mystic. That's no longer relevant because as you climb higher, you think, okay, I'm a spiritual being. I have no genetic gender. Uh, yeah. Mm. yeah, in Tantra, there are exercises, certainly in the more advanced stages, that you go into what they call the transpersonal. When you are in a transpersonal state, it does not matter who you're practicing with, if that is a female body or a male body, and it does not matter in which body you are in. Mm. Which in the in the general uh, population they would say, oh, you're talking about homosexuality or or bisexuality. No, it's it's it even transcends what we would call sexuality. So I've actually never looked at this um, through the question that you've asked. <sighs> and... so I, I don't I don't see how a spiritual being would give birth to a spiritual being. It's sort of like they are if if the spiritual being is the infinite thing then it's just picked up bodies to play with, as it were. Let's, let's just say hypothetically. Absolutely. So, so the whole gender war or the whole matriarch-patriarch thing, in some ways, is a weird a weird way of describing a unity of efficiency between two spiritual beings. Yeah, well, that is, again, goes back to that uh, you come here to this dimension and we need to have this dualistic and this polarity to play with, like you said, Hmm. Uh, but I believe that when you take, like I was saying earlier, when you transcend all of this and you get to the core of who you are, like, like even when we talk about this uh, divine feminine, whether you're in a male body or a uh, female body biologically, we both have this essence in us. So to answer your question, yes, on the spiritual level, we are both. We are both and we are none. And then we get this chance, we get this amazing playing field to say, oh, I'm in this male body. And how do I feel? You know, what is this male, female? You know, there's, and then you've got all these people that are changing their, their, their outwardness and, and we've got all these, these labels. But you know what? If you transcend all these labels, they're not needed because it just goes back to this divide and conquer uh, idea anyway doesn't matter if you're trans trans even says i've transcended so why do we even need to talk about gender or whether or not you're going to put on a dress tonight <laughs> exactly yeah, you no, know this, totally this, this 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 meal that you were talking about at the beginning of the conversation you may wear a dress and i'll put on my pantsuit oh fantastic okay i will wear a bib because i might be messy so that's fine <laughs> i like that excellent all right so looking at these uh the transformations what's um what was the tipping point where you went through your not physical pursuits and physical interests or your not a need or whatever that was occurring in your life? What was the actual tipping point? Was there a day? Was there a week? A period of time where you sort of, no, that's not it. I am this. And then you went off on this new mission. Yeah, I can't say that it was one, but if I were to look at um, more recently, you know, like I, I believe that I had my first what they call spiritual awakening or um, experience of feeling that there was something uh, more uh, that happened in church when I was a, a, a young girl. And that was like the first time that I felt this now in, in the language of uh, Hinduism or Tantra or yoga, they would talk about Kundalini, this energy basically i feel like okay i must have experienced that when i was a young child and that was when i knew that it had nothing to do with church it had nothing to do with religion i did realize that it had something to do with the space that i was in hmm. and because churches do have a way of creating a reverency which i've now learned that i love to create these sacred spaces because in this space you can you can um, let go of the outside world and then you can feel these things. So recently, I guess when I, it was, I guess, 2016 that I started actively pursuing and uh, experiencing more tantric e events and experiences, which led us into breathing exercises, which led us into movement exercises, which then in 
safe, sacred spaces where everything could move through you, I felt uh, a couple of times quite strongly, okay, this is far more than what I am. And yet this is what I am. And that is like, well, well then what I, what am I? And then it makes it, it makes this question on all these things when you're creating a business or a brand or whatever, who are you? It's like, oh, but I have like, how could I describe that? I am, I am all and I am nothing. And because like, that's not really good marketing. <laughs> no, it doesn't lend well, but I think in the basics of physics, that's maybe why the subject of physics has never actually found the spiritual being is maybe because the spiritual being is actually nothing. It's not of the physical universe. Therefore, I think it'd be pretty hard for a person in the science of physics to locate and monitor a spiritual being because they mm. probably don't exist in the physical universe. But that's just my quantum physics is quantum physics is getting quite. There's a lot of science that's getting. I, actually, I love this. I love spirit science. Mm. I, it's, it seems like in the in the decades that I've been on this planet and just from just from self-observation, not from any education or any kind of formal academics, but from my own observation of the world, things that I've intrinsically known are starting to be proven. Mm. And I just kind of, I have this little, this little thing inside of me that just does a little dance every time. And because of everything that's been conditioned on me, I've always kept my mouth shut and haven't really felt the... You know, I, I, I've always been more prone to feel the fear and not do things than to actually say, hey, you know what? I know stuff. But then everyone wants you to prove it. Like, well, how do you know? How many years of college did you go to? How, what are your PhDs? I don't, I can't prove it. So when I read stuff or I watch films about quantum physics, I get really excited. Cool. Do you believe in the philosophy of what is true for you is true for you and that that's more important than what someone else says is true? Yes and no, because what is true for me? Yes, that is true for me. Is it healthy? Maybe not. Okay. So uh, there is, yeah, and then this is also like, is there a truth? And I would say, yeah, everyone kind of has their own truth, but what, like, let's define truth. What do you mean by truth? Are you talking about the 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 infinite truth that really is the only truth there is, which we cannot put into words, truth? Or are we talking about the more physical, hey, I believe in this, so this is my truth, you know? Oh, okay. hmm. Because beliefs, beliefs are only thoughts that we've thought so often that they become a belief. Yeah. Or or they're normally a belief because you're you haven't had it fully proven or acknowledged i don't think you need to have a belief if you know something i think knowing and belief are two different things absolutely absolutely uh, i think most scientists have a belief until yes. they know whether it is or isn't yes and then there's a knowing like i know this from the physical world i can prove it with physics and mathematics and arithmetic um or mathematics and then there is a deeper knowing like i just said I don't know if there is an algorithm or mathematics that can prove that there is this truth that we cannot prove. Yeah. <laughs> that could be for another day. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or just a stand-up comedian. <laughs> yeah, well, I find that stand-up comedians are normally much better orators of truth than uh, any politician or other such means. Absolutely. Uh, uh, somebody comes to my mind. I, I can only see his face. I can't. Uh, he's left us. George. 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 George Carlin. Do you know him? No. Oh, uh, well, if you because of what you just said, I would recommend to look up some of his YouTube videos. And, and he is the best comic orator of the truth <laughs> what, what does he look like because maybe i've seen him and i just haven't remembered the name does he have like a beard a gray beard uh... he did before yeah before he croaked he had a gray beard um he kept know. going he kept going until really the end wow. like he, he never stopped until he was really uh dead and he even towards the end like he also brought some of the conspiracy issues mm. on stage and brought them as a 
as the kind of truth that I'm talking about, a truth that actually can't be brought in, uh, in under words, uh, he would say, stuff that people are being taken off of YouTube now today, he was saying in his comedy routines back right. in the day. What was his surname? Yeah. Carlin, George Carlin. I think it's George Carlin, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comedian. Wow. So going forward, um, what is your, well, we know of your mission, but where do you see uh, yourself going? And, and also, does this mission of yours, now we've talked about that spiritual sort of thing, does it include men? Can men reach out to you? Uh, or are you dealing in the female domain exclusively at the moment? No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting how this has all developed. I was in... The first in, in the first instance, I um, thought that I would gear only to men, and I am a woman that's going through a certain process, so I want to give my gifts to everyone. So absolutely, but what I would be doing with women is something different than I would be doing with men. Okay. And, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, to, at, at this point. But yes, definitely, men could reach out to me, and um, I give I give sessions, and I do online sessions or um, in person. I mm -hmm. I use somatic therapies, so I work with the body. How does that work? Without getting into the the whole career think of it how basically uh, to people who don't know what that is what is a somatic therapy uh body work so i i literally uh work with the body through massage through energetics um through working on pain points and uh like acupressure in in tantra they call it de-armoring there's many different places on the body that we hold tension mm. i would work on those and i connect and let you know the intuition run through me so what i do is is intuitive and connected to spirit and i use uh voice and movement sound breath and the body to to work through some of the dark, dark stuff. Hmm. You have a very skilled voice. I, I've noticed in some of your broadcasts and the way you've communicated, and even today, is it something you've worked on as, a, as an actual tool? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask my children. It's actually, you know, one of the things that I can see in the manifested material world uh, that I can measure my own progress on there was a day in time that I could not listen to my own voice I could not even speak into a microphone until about a couple months ago and then I heard myself and I went like wow something's changed and I can actually tell you thinking about it now that there was a workshop that I was in and there was this exercise we were doing. It, it, it leans towards that shadow work. And I produced a sound, like we were working with setting boundaries and saying, you know, no, enough is enough. And because of the things that I've been through in life and having my boundaries overcrossed time and time again, and therefore learning that I had no boundaries and also then I would cross other people's boundaries. Something came up in me and I produced a sound with words that I had never known before. So there was this power that came out of me and this wasn't coming from the voice, but it was coming from deep within. And ever since then, I, yeah, feel that this is something that I have been, um, honing in on or, or uh how do you say that um fine tuning yeah zeroing getting, in yeah yeah developing 
but yeah, yeah. So yeah. my terms are more of a masculine hunting type sort of thing. But yes, uh, your answer I think is better. Suited. Honing in. No, definitely. I feel like I've been developing it also because when I felt the power of my voice, there was also something else that said, "This is your gift." Mm. I always listened to amazing singers and always wanted to have what they have, the power of that voice. And then not realizing that you can have power of voice, not necessarily having to sing it. Hmm. You could also speak it. Wow. Okay. Well, before we end off, where can people come and hear this great voice of yours? Where can they find you? They can find me on iTunes or Spotify. The name of my podcast is called Past the Pause. Hmm. I'm working on a website. So they can also find me on Instagram at Meet Dark Blossom. They can find me on Facebook at uh, Dark Blossom as well. I have a Facebook page. And those would be the two channels that they can find me at this point. Mm. And I, would... I am located in Amsterdam. Yeah. And I am a traveler, so I can travel as long as it's... Uh, code yellow <laughs> I can go as long as it's code yellow I can go wherever I want so I I've complete sovereignty and freedom where I travel to that, that's fantastic <laughs> great news well it's been absolutely brilliant to speak with you today and uh, I look forward to speaking to you a lot more hopefully in the near future uh, you're a great mind and a great being um, there, were, there was something and it, it was literally your voice that drew me in originally it was like uh, not that you're like one of those mermaids on the rocks harking in a ship but uh, there was something there that just drew me in and uh, yeah absolutely fascinating and incredible person so thank you very much for joining us today um, anyone else wants to find more data about this lovely lady obviously go to her sites uh, but if you have a memory that's short spanned like I then just come to Father Finney's congregation at Facebook and I can direct you accordingly so, Blossom Bamboo, thank you very much for being the best a human can get, forward slash potentially be. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Father Finney, oh, for creating yeah. this platform and for uh, inviting me to it. I've had uh, an amazing time. It was very much my pleasure. And I... I'm very appreciative and grateful for the questions that you curated so <laughs> so precisely. They were very wonderful questions. Thank you very much. Oh, you're most welcome. Well, thank you very much and podcast away. <laughs>